Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we watch movie trilogies and series and decide which movie, like Archimedes, doesn't know about continental drift. I'm your host Griner and joining me today... I miss the desert, I miss the sea and I miss waking up every morning wondering what wonderful adventure this new podcast will bring to us. And I'm Luke Morgan and yesterday belongs to us boys. In Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, the fifth Indiana Jones film. We've done the other four. We've done a podcast about it. Go back and listen to that if you're interested in our opinions on those film those films. It is a little bit spicy. I think we may have rated Temple of Doom as the lowest Indiana Jones film. So I stand by that. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> do you think we're going to get any more indie? This you know this is the fifth Indiana Jones film. Harrison Ford must be pushing a hundred. I I actually don't know how old he is, but he's not he's not young anymore. Although he, I feel like he's doing think, more more acting in the last few years than he has done in the last decade. See, I don't know. Like watching watching this, and like obviously there's a there's a few scenes in particular where he's just like rocking that bod. But like <laughs> I don't know. I felt like at some point, sometimes he seemed like a young teen, like early twenties at most. <laughs> I mean, was it the, the excellent de-aging that made you feel that way? <laughs> was, was it Even the de-aging, I don't think he was supposed to be that age, right? Like you're still supposed to be, you know, yeah. 30, 40 odd. That, that's the thing. I, I actually thought the de-aging was all right. It was, I kind of got caught up in the adventure watching this young Indiana Jones, but you can't change the fact that he still sounds like a, an 85 year old man <laughs> when yeah. he's talking like that. He doesn't sound like young Harrison Ford, but um, he's got that gravelly voice um, mm. as young Indy. But here's the thing. Is this the last one? I would have assumed so when this was first coming out that this was going to be it and we weren't going to get another one. There is the little... Hint at the end, he grabs his hat and that made me go, oh, wait, is this going to happen? But I don't know. I feel like it depends on how it's going at the box office and based off what we've seen so far, I feel like this might be the end. Mm. Yeah. So look, to answer a few questions, Harrison Ford is 80 this year. Sorry, he's no, he's already 80. He's 81 this year. So holy Moses, that's incredible. What a bummer. Um, like, like when you talk, the physique is ridiculous. That's it when is. he takes off the shirt. I'm like... He has a better, <laughs> sure, he's got some wrinkly skin and, you know, it's definitely lacking the collagen that a young man that he once had. But just like the muscle definition still is just, it puts me to shame. It makes me feel really bad about all my life's choices. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible that, uh, it's incredible what money you know, and a successful career can do for you, hey? But so to answer the real question, yeah, I think Indiana Jones is kind of one of those institutions now where, I don't know, it, it's perceived as a guaranteed moneymaker. And that's why they keep sort of coming out. Like, if you remember, King of Crystal Skull had the little tease at the end where Shia LaBeouf picks up the he picks up the the not fedora, whatever the hat's called, and it's like, oh, he'll take on the mantle. And you know, as we can, as we see in this movie, that's not what happens to him at all. And so that mm. little the little tease at the end of him grabbing the hat, I think, is just the corporate machinations need to keep it need to keep the flame burning, right? They need to say, look. Like you said, Luke, if this makes $600 million in its opening weekend, we will keep churning these out in some way. But, um, but yeah, that's, yeah, this movie hasn't done well. It's been a pretty mm. well-reported, pretty well-reported, not flop, but unsuccessful, um, you know, release so far. I think it only made $60 million in its opening weekend, which is pretty, pretty bad. $300 million budget, I think. But Yeah, so I, it's, 
I don't see a future where we get Indiana Jones as this incarnation, which I think is for the. I really think is for the best. Um, but we it's, might get some sort of some sort of spin-off or some sort of universe, you know, IP expansion. I think because it's. I don't. Yeah, but I don't know if we have it as like blockbuster movie entertainment anymore. I think it's time has passed, and I think the world of Indiana Jones either goes on to something different or it moves on to TV or something. That's the only future I see. Is, I don't. I just don't know that there's the momentum for it to move into something different. Like, I feel like this movie should have been a bit like Top Gun Maverick, right? Brought out all the people yeah. who loved these movies in the eighties and the, you know, back in the day. Like, I, I've been to plenty of movies where there's old people in the cinema, and not to be. You know, I've seen old mean, people at the movies. But I've seen old people at the movies, and it's usually for movies like this, and they were not here for this movie, I feel like. No. It was we all, that was it. Yeah, yeah well, I was asking two other guys on a Friday, on a Saturday night screening. It was pretty sad. Mm. Um, I really think Kingdom of Crystal Skull has had a huge shadow, has cast a huge shadow over this, and that's not fair. That movie is not as bad as people say it is. I think there's, I don't know, we talked about this ad nauseum on our second episode of the podcast. We could go through it again if we really need to, but that movie's not as bad as it should be. It just gets a bad time. Mm. But I think that movie really damaged its legacy. After that, everybody was kind of out on this franchise. That's why it took 15 years for this new one to come out. Um, like it's it's not quite as long as the gap between three and four, but it's still a pretty significant time. Yeah. But I still I think the people who once would have come out for this are jaded. And I think every, I, I feel like the reception would have been Oh, there's a new Indiana Jones movie. They already screwed it up once. Why would we go to see this again? Yeah, they, they had their chance to reboot it. They had their chance to make it modern. Yep. They squandered and it. That's the thing. That felt like... I remember Crystal Skull coming out and it felt like, oh, my God, old Harrison Ford's back, you know, and, like, this is this is crazy yep. to bring this character back. And that was, yeah, 15 years ago now. And people yeah. who had that nostalgia and were like, oh, my God, our hero's back. They're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow! No, but like you know, or they're in like, incredible shape as Har- like Harrison it's, Ford is. It's obviously not the same, and obviously not as Top Gun Maverick. Like that was the complete opposite, where all these people came back to the cinema um, to see this classic, and it it was the biggest movie of the year. Um, yeah, yeah. This isn't going to beat Uncharted, which is crazy, <laughs> but yeah. You love that statistic, don't you, Loki? You just had to weave it in here somewhere. I couldn't didn't believe you? it. I can't believe it. Tom Holland what? for the next Indiana Jones film. Yes. Yeah. Kill me now. Like looking at the budget for like, Crystal Skull had a budget of one eighty five million. It made seven ninety worldwide. Like that was a big turnaround. Good. Yeah. So yeah, Crystal Skull made money because everyone, like I said, everyone was curious. And I guess comparing it, compare it to Top Gun as the as this as the nearest comparison. Crystal Skull um, was the Maverick. Yeah, exactly right. Like it's the re- it's the return after a beloved ent- IP entity. Like Top Gun only had one movie; they had a real big yeah. following. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. If if Dial of Destiny was in Crystal Skull's place, we would see big numbers. But yeah, the franchise has just tarnished after that, unfortunately. And this like this movie is. I don't know. I don't know if I'd, it felt like a not a death knell. Death knell is too dramatic, but I don't know if it felt kind of like a <laughs> the final breath. But it definitely, Dial Disney really has a conscious sort of awareness of its of its finality. I feel, and it feels like it's it feels like it is the final installment. Like, yeah, but they. Uh, I feel like they could go all the way with that. They they have the opportunity to go all the way with that, and they don't. They and that, they they do give you an ending that leaves it open. And that's that's what I was saying about. I just think. Because this movie is, 
Yeah, exactly. It's such a. It's not like a Spielberg's. It's not Spielberg's beloved thing. It's not even Lucas's beloved thing. It is such a fabric of like modern mainstream uh, Hollywood production, basically. We had the one of the biggest corporations in in Hollywood, Disney, probably the biggest, owns this thing that is so is you know one of the most iconic, um, one of the most influential. All this stuff, like it's bigger than all the sum of its parts. It is bigger than Harrison Ford, even though Harrison Ford kind of. Is the only one who can embody him. That's a discussion I'm sure we'll have at some point. But yeah, I just feel like it's it's almost impossible to really say, can we end this? Because it's like, no, this is too... It's like Star Wars. You can't end Star Wars. It's too big. It's too vast. It's too... It's too ubiquitous. That like... Yeah. To, you could, it's, all, yeah, it's not allowed. No one would be like... we have. No one would say we're going to end Indiana Jones because it just seems like a... Um, it's kind of like an infinite pool to, to dip into. But this movie, yeah, this movie will really show. This will become like the litmus test to test if it can be dipped into whether or not. I agree. In like perfect world, they would have ended it properly. You know, Harrison Ford would have got a, I don't know, would have got a spear through the chest or something. But yeah, we'll get to the ending, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I w- kind of wish they would make that final decision at least for. I mean, at least for Harrison Ford, right? Like. I mean, he's, I don't know, he feels like a different actor to what he was in Crystal Skull. Like, I i feel like that man could not care less about that movie, about <laughs> anything he was doing at that time. But Maybe then to see him in the last, the last, I don't know what it is, the last few years, he, I feel like he's an actor again. Like, you haven't seen, if, you, if you haven't seen Shrinking, go see Shrinking. It's great. He's really, really good in it. And I think his performance is pretty good here too. Like, I feel like he cares about Indiana Jones. He does. Yeah, this is the character I think he does care about. I don't think he yeah. did, like he, he vocally doesn't care about Star Wars or yep. Han Solo. Um, yeah. yeah, at all. No, no he couldn't give less of a less of a shit. But I think he really does have a deep like have a deep care for um, Indiana. I think that, you know there's there's just something sort of timeless to the character of Indiana Jones. This guy who is like a conservation for the past and a respect for the past, and at least in this movie, an awareness of your own mortality and the future and how. We all we all inevitably become history, um, and I think you know I can't, I don't know Harrison Ford. I'd love to meet him, but I assume he is at a point in his life where he's considering these questions as as an eighty year old who can no longer fly his plane because it's too dangerous, so he has to act more. Yeah, like he would. I can only assume he is like Indiana Jones would really resonate with him into that level, right? Of this character is going to going to end eventually, and I'm going to have to end and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, some quick stats. Stats, 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 stats. What are we got? 57 Metascore. 57 Metascore. Uh, that is the same Metascore as Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Uh, to, to put it in perspective, Raiders of the Lost Ark has an 85. Uh, Last Crusade has 65. And Crystal Skull <sighs> also has 65. Man. Criminal. We, I'm pretty sure we ranted about it in the Indiana Jones podcast, but... Yeah, last episode absolutely yeah. robbed there. Yeah, um, yeah, but a crystal, crystal skull being up there surprised me. I don't, I don't remember it being that high. Maybe it's, I'm sure it hasn't changed in the last ten years, but yeah, the last know. two years, people haven't seen the CGI monkeys in a while and sure. Shia LaBeouf swinging through the jungle. But yeah, that I mean that scene single handedly kind of ruins that movie, doesn't it? Yeah, it's all down. <laughs> it embodies everything that's wrong about it. Uh, 
budget of reported budget of 300 million uh so far the gross worldwide is 247 million which after two weeks is i mean look for a movie like this that feels pretty pretty bad yes yeah yeah should be doing better they i remember someone saying like you know to break even with all when you factor in all the other costs and everything like that with marketing and distribution everything like that it should be hitting 600 mil to break even and it's it's not going to that's that that hollywood accounting for you yeah yeah i mean crystal crystal skull made 100 million in its opening weekend and i think this movie made 60 million or something so yeah and that was 2008 dollars yeah that's right they're valuable yeah, so, I, I don't know. It looks very grim to me for yeah. Indiana Jones. I really don't know if this movie has any momentum. I mean, this franchise has any momentum to, to branch out. Like, I feel like with Star Wars, even though people were really down on the final two films, I, I don't know. Something there's some something about Star Wars that gives it staying power. I don't I don't know what it is because people were really down about the the prequel trilogy too, right? Mm. And then I, I was it the Clone Wars? I think was you know part of it the memes were part of it that brought it back yeah but now they're talking about you know there's a daisy ridley trilogy coming out or something or a movie there's so many yeah. trilogies coming out but like <laughs> and i mean the, the, every other every other series on disney plus is, is the star wars the thing with star wars that really separates itself from indiana jones is that like in star wars the amount of people are like i don't want to know about skywalkers i want to know what else is going on in this universe there's nobody wanting indiana jones movies without indiana jones <laughs> like nobody's like no. i want to know about that world like it's our world you know? i it's like, actually i would watch a short round series bring back um <laughs> i was surprised he didn't come back i was surprised he didn't have a cameo apparently he they it was just a conflict of um schedules like he would have been there and they would have had him but that makes sense a week <laughs> like, Dee Kwan's really, hot property. He's a hot he's, commodity. He really is at the moment. So yeah. is John Reese Davies. They got him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I want to talk about that. Don't, don't let me forget to mention that. Um, yeah. It is an interesting comparison. Star Wars, because yeah, Star Wars, in one hand, is kind of more alienating, right? It's like people who hate Star Wars vehemently hate it. They are. Like, oh, I can't stand the little, the puppets and the aliens and the nerd stuff, yeah. you know. All the chads are out there beating up Star Wars nerds. They're like, <laughs> where's the football? And so, but but for some reason, Star Wars is kind of the most, it's probably the biggest, like, biggest franchise in the world. Like, probably the almost one of the, I don't know if it's the most recognizable, but everyone, love it or hate it, everyone knows what, what a Star Wars is. And it's just it's stay it's staying power speaks to a lot. Whereas Indiana Jones, yeah, it really it doesn't quite have that. Even though it's possibly no, not more important. It's I don't know. It's you know like they're on the Mount Rushmore of important Hollywood like modern Hollywood films. Yeah, they kind of they those two along with Jaws kind of all all helped really make like the summer blockbuster and sort of the model of filmmaking what it is now and how action films are made blah blah blah. But Indiana Jones just doesn't quite have the same. Um, I don't know, it doesn't have the same relevance. People, and I think you're right, maybe it's the world building. Maybe it's just the fantasy. Like people secretly all love fantasy, even when they say they don't. Mm. And just, I don't know if, yeah, indie's too too boring to people because it's just history. It's just, I feel like it stops with our generation. Either we grew up as kids watching Indiana Jones because our dads were watching it, but it's yep. not, I feel like the people who are going to the cinemas to watch these Marvel movies and the people who are going to watch these Star Wars movies and stuff like that, I just don't feel like Indiana Jones appeals to them. You know, no. like I just, I don't see that. But there is, 
Yeah, that's the other part of it, I guess, is like these were Indiana Jones was very much like a throwback and and inspired by the sort of the thirties, forties, fifties like adventure movies. Like that's what George Lucas and Spielberg loved. That's what they grew up as, grew up yep. watching. Um, and so they kind of wanted to make a movie that captured that sort of that energy and that globe-trotting freneticism and all that. And yeah, that, like that definitely doesn't appeal to us now. Like we saw it with John, when John Carter was made, you know, 10 years ago. It was like nobody in the modern generation even knows what this is or cares. And so, yeah, the stylings of Indiana Jones are a little bit more sort of cemented in time. It's like that is very much a, it's like a, a almost like a capturing the magic of the 50s in the 80s. But yeah, in 2020, it's like that's kind of outdated and there's no, yeah. outside of, yeah, unless you watch these as kids, there is no relevance to it maybe. Um, yeah, like it's almost diminishing returns on us, right? Like we like it because we watched Indiana Jones, but we don't really have any concept of those, you know, 20s and 30s and 40s action comics or whatever that it's that it came from, right? Like, Yeah. Would you guys be sad if this is the last Indiana Jones? Would you be, will you want for more or are you pretty happy to have it? No, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. I'm... I'm glad we got this. Like, as much as it seems like I'm being negative about this, I am glad we got this. I enjoy, I, I enjoy watching it. Like, yeah. As in, I'm like, yeah, this is Indiana Jones. I, I can't wait to watch this film with my dad. Like, I'm like, mm. I really want to watch him to watch this film. I'm sure he'll love it. You know. Um, you think you'd ever introduce it to your kids though? Like, I wonder if they, like, I wonder if my kids would ever sit through these movies. I, I'm not sure. Oh, well, I mean, would. the original ones, they've got some scenes that are terrifying. <laughs> I reckon, <laughs> yeah. I reckon Raiders, I think Raiders would definitely still play with kids. Like, it's pretty go, go, go. Yeah. It's, um, it would definitely, some things wouldn't translate as well. Like, it's, if the jokes aren't, wouldn't, might not land the same because they're not as, uh, marvel but, like, it's not a bore, like, not especially for banter. No, mate, like, yeah, that's it. Indiana Indy isn't making uh, witty comments each time. No. You're going, oh, that just happened. But it's like, it doesn't move slowly. The first one doesn't isn't a slow movie. It's pretty fast. It's pretty, um, you know, action set piece to action set piece. So I reckon that, I've, I hope that would still play with kids. Hmm. It's up to us. It's up to us to wait and see. Like, Luke, would you rather show this to your kids or a certain Uncharted movie? Well, my kids watched the Uncharted movie and they really enjoyed it. Because <laughs> they did. Um, so, because they yeah. did. But um, what if what if Tom Holland was an old archaeologist kids? And they're like, yeah, that sounds cool. So that's the thing. Maybe there'll be an Uncharted reboot one day and old Tom Holland will come out <laughs> the workshop. And that'll be this kid's thing. See, I, I could totally see us showing our kids the Mummy movies. <clears throat> oh, hell yeah. And these we'll probably get to play too, but I don't know whether we'd show them Crystal Skull and... Like, yeah, I don't know. No, you're right. Crystal, yeah. And because it happens with all these movies that kind of explore the older versions of the character. They really depend entirely on that connection to the earlier um, iteration, right? Yeah. But yeah, I guess unless you unless you show Raiders to your kids and they loved it and then in, I don't know, five Maybe years later, later. <laughs> you're like, now you're ready for this. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. I think, it, yeah, it is a def. It is a specific audience that would that sees these and loves them, and that's it's probably why five people turned out on a Saturday night to see Dial of Destiny. It, it was like the second yep. showing too. It was it's insane. Like it's, I'm honestly surprised how many little people were there. But I wanted to say our our small town cinema is not a great litmus test for what movies no. are popular, but no. the box office also speaks for itself. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get two versions of de-aged Harrison Ford in this movie. How do you guys feel about the de-aging? 
There's there's always a little bit of uncanny valley there for me. I, I don't yeah. know. Part of me wishes we kind of just didn't do it. Would you but, have not had that scene at all? The problem is this this movie is so based in the history of the character, like the his, what happened in the it past. It feels like that's a solid half an hour, 20 minutes. It's a, it's, oh, it's, it's a lot of the movie, yeah. 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 I assumed it was going to be like a five-minute like prologue, but it's it's not. It's like almost a first act. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I look. I'm I'm against the aging in general, and it can be done in it can be done well enough that it's not it's not doesn't look overly bad. And like it, here, it's pretty good for most of this. It looks solid. There's I, lots of dark scenes, and it's like oh, I, yeah, you, know, you could hardly tell, right? But yeah. then there is there's just those moments where it's, he's fully lit up and expressive, and it's like oh, this is yeah. just not quite right. <laughs> That's the thing. Whenever he expresses emotion, it's just you can see the cracks. And I think my problem is whenever it happens, I'm always I un, like unwillingly look for it. Because I'm like, I know Harrison Ford isn't that old. So I'm like, what, what's happening? And then I'm always like, oh, there's there's the split. There's the weird parts. I can't, I can't like immerse myself in that because, mm. and I, that, yeah. That's, that's the thing. I feel like, you know, if I watched this as a kid after watching the original films, would I, is that something I would have noticed? Or would have I have been like, mm. man, did they film that 30 years ago and they're only using <laughs> it now? Like, it's like, I oh, know we are looking at it with a microscope trying to nitpick it when we're watching it we know it's not natural we know it's not real and we're trying to see what's wrong with it but in a movie like this where it's like i feel like harrison ford is such a well-known name that everyone except i except like say kids who have sort of just seen the early ones and don't really think about actors anyone who's sort of an adult and knows what indiana jones is have feels the same way right they know that harrison ford is not a young man they're not like oh indy was filmed like I feel like no one, you can't escape that. Gee, that's some great makeup they've got on his face, right? Yeah, surely like, not. Sure. Do, do you recast him then? Like that's the alternative if you if you must have these Disney's scenes in the past. And they regret it. Yeah, you can't recast Harrison Ford. It's with Solo. Yeah. Like, they've, done like, it, they've done it once. If they had this tech five years ago, Solo is de-aged nah, Harrison Ford. I mean, he, oh, he would not do that. That would be uh, horrid. That's a yeah. <laughs> I look too I, much in that I movie. I mind the de-aging. Like, 100% when you're looking for it and there's certain scenes and whenever he's doing anything, you know, a little mm. depth or any expressions that stands out a bit. But yeah. I feel like this is probably the best example of it um, of, it's, it's, that it's I've seen in a movie. But I find it kind of interesting to think about, though, because it's not a tool that filmmakers had you know, even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, right? So did, would this film have a completely different plot 20 years ago? Would they not include those scenes in the past? Do they recast him? Like, how do they handle that? Is it that's, interesting yeah. to think about? Like it is, and that's that's kind of my one of my big oppositions to it, is like it's a tool, it's a, um, what's that? There's that theory called solutionism, I think. It's like it's a tool to fix something that... Mm. No, it's Arch- Archimedes you're thinking of. <laughs> there's a tool. There's a basically. It's a tool to fix a problem that wasn't a problem. Like mm. they've kind of realized. Oh, we've we've always wanted to film actors who are young when they're old. So, no, we haven't really. Like we do better. I think. Yeah, you know, this is an artistic philosophical discussion. But we do better when we have limitations, and we do better when we don't have young Harrison Ford and old Harrison Ford to make a movie. And there's you know. Just being honest to time and go, yes, Harrison Ford is old. Be okay with that. Like, I don't think I don't think you really ever need de aging technology. Um, 
And, you know, because there's the whole losing yourself in the artifice of film means sometimes an actor looks different. I don't think that really makes a difference. I can't think of any movie that I've been like, man, that recast actor is too different that I can't enjoy it. But more importantly, yeah, do you need this section? Probably not. It's All it does is it sets up the villain. It sets yes. up the MacGuffin. There are, so, there are other ways to do that. You yes. don't need, we really don't need to be like, oh, I've seen him on the... Tr-. Like, I mean, hey, of, they didn't need to de-age Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he looked yes. like yeah. himself in both times. That, that was that's an that was an interesting choice. It's yeah, it's not like he's he's trying to go back in time to that moment. He's trying to go back in time no. to to kill Hitler and take over. I can't remember what his plan was. I think that was yeah. his plan, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's it's everybody knows who Hitler is. Everybody knows when he existed. We don't need that context of them in the past. I guess. Yeah. No, it feels the reason. It, I think what they were really doing it for was like this movie feels like a kind of a conclusive final act slash love letter right to be like this even though it's not saying goodbye it feels like it is saying goodbye um you know the whole preoccupation is with is with henry being like aging out you know this guy who's obsessed with history side by side with the moon landing the greatest scientific feat in in modern history He's retiring. Like, it's very much saying, you know, Indiana Jones is getting old and he's going to die eventually. And so the reason I feel I've included this part is to really almost like to, you know, throw back and be like, remember young Indiana Jones? Boy, they were some good times we had fighting Nazis. And that's true. Like, that's that scene is still fun. It's fun to see him, you know, do one hit with a great sound effect yeah. and everyone everyone gets knocked out by, by. like, that's all really it's cool. Wilhelm screams, yeah. Yeah, Wilhelm yeah. screams, exactly. And so it's a really nice, like, homage, you know, oh, remember the glory days? And that's that's fine. I just don't think you need to do that to have a an emotional, enjoyable goodbye to this character. Like, there is their logic behind it. It's trying to sort of recreate the magic of why we have why anyone liked New Jones in the first place. But I think at the same time, it's a double-edged sword where, at least for me, all I can think of is, oh, yeah, Harrison Ford is not this young man. This is this is an abomination against God and all he put into all he's put into the world. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I almost would have liked to just never. You know, we only have the modern we only have the modern Indiana Jones, and he's old. We don't have to have the cake and eat it too. Yeah, I guess the other the other thing I think they try to make up make up for a bit with those scenes is the phys- like there's a there's a there's a certain lack of physicality to old old Harrison Ford, right? Like he can't be running and you know, swinging between vehicles and right. at least not like he used to, right? So I feel like there's a lot of car chases in this movie. Yep. Like tuk-tuk chases and car chases and plane yep. chases, I guess. Like there's a lot of that to make up for the fact that he can't run around and, you know, get into to knife gun fights and stuff like this. Like there's a real lack yep. of that physicality. So they give him the, that moment at the start through by de-aging him, I guess, and- but... I'm yeah. glad they went that route of having another actor play the body and then having his face transformed onto that because otherwise we get Robert De Niro and the Irishman. Yeah. He walks like a 90-year-old. He's got his 30-year-old <laughs> Robert Meant to be <laughs> He kicks yeah. that dude. I'll never forget that image. I was just like, oh, that, that looks like an old man kicking something. But Yeah. Yeah. Like that, yeah, that is the way to do it. But um, yeah, there is that one scene where they're on the train like right at the beginning where he's running across the top of the trains and it's just, it's the worst CGI I've seen in a, yeah, in a film it, in a long time. It reminded me of um, 
I don't know. This is this, this is this is way off track, but there's a moment in the original Spider Sam Raimi Spider Man movie where Spider Man's jumping on rooftops. And it just looked a lot like that, and that always reminded me of Woody jumping in Toy Story, which is not, it's not a great thing to be compared to, I guess. No, definitely not. Yeah, I um, I don't know. It like what do we think of what do you think of the plot of this movie? Then you know, I talk about with the. It's it's all about going back and being able to change the past, right? And yep. what would happen if you could go back in time? I mean, A, this this introduces time travel, which is a pretty big thing again. Which I thought the twist was going to be, because we'd obviously seen de-aged Harrison Ford in all the trailers and promotional. I thought it was going to be, oh, that's not a flashback. They go back in time and he's young. Like, mm. for some reason, it changes him and he's back to his younger self or whatever, um, going back to that. But, yeah, they, they definitely... Um, they go for it. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting it. And then, as I was building up to it, I was like, "Are they actually going to do this?" And I wasn't sure which yeah. way I was going to go. I was like, "Are they going back to then, or are they going way back?" Or I was like, "Are they going to crash into a dinosaur? Are they going in the future?" I was like, oh, "I have no idea what's going <laughs> on." But um, props to them, man. They they went out and did it. Like ballsy. Yeah. The th- I mean, I th- honestly, I think the third act kind of saves this movie. If if we really want to start discussing that. Um, it- I don't know. The rest of this movie felt very tame, very... I mean, it felt very Indiana Jones in a lot of ways, but like yeah. I say, like he's not getting any younger. I felt like there's just one too many car chases cause, to make up for the fact that he can't run around. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then just going fully bombastic and going back to ancient Archimedes times. Yeah, going to the battle of the Seizure It's kind of wild. Scrooges. Like, why not? <laughs> and, I mean, we were cracking up laughing. I felt like just them in a gunship shooting at these soldiers on these boats. It's like something yeah. like they think it's an alien invasion. They're like, what is going What the hell is yeah, it's got this? Like, they've like, got dragons. It's like, That's dope. Yeah, dragons. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah, and getting dudes, those guys like firing ballistas into a moving plane and hitting yeah. people is incredibly, like it's very impressive, but it looked cool too. Like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a, lot of good ga- a lot of good gags of like, yeah. you know, the spear bursting through the side of the plane. Yeah, yeah, like because the plot's interesting. Like this movie's two and a half hours, so it's it's pretty long. Um, mm. I mean, Last Crusade is two hours, but two and a half hours is long, like all movies are now. First half an hour is a CGI flashback. Yep. Last half an hour is a time travel sort of CGI you know, flashback in a different kind C- of way. CGI flash forward almost. Yeah, flashback yeah. to a real time. So there, yeah, the middle hour and a half is kind of just like a really, really long tr- chase scene. Basically, it's like. You know, yeah. we'll go here, look for something. Those damn kids have found us again. We'll go here and get something else. Those damn, those damn Nazis found us again. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree. I feel like the general consensus is that the, the last part isn't good, but I, I think it's kind of safe because, yeah, there is a lot of just okay. We're in a new situation. We got to find this, solve a puzzle. All right, let's move on to the next. It's kind of video game, you right? So we've got four worlds. Let's solve all the puzzles yeah. and then we get there. And the boss fight is kind of. Yeah, balls to the walls, crazy. Like, go back in time, two thousand years. See, I I like the start of this movie. I, I uh, everything against the agent or whatever, but I I enjoyed the first the first act. I enjoyed yeah. the last act, and I felt like I enjoyed the introduction of the the modern Indiana Jones uh, with the parade. I enjoyed all that scene. I was like, okay, this is mm. different. You know, mm. he's riding on the horse, and it's like, like actual visually wise the massive parade down the street, it looks really cool. Like all this chaos happening amongst that. That's yeah. all really good. 
But other than that, the two things I really remember the whole middle of, of this film for is John Reese davies showing up, um, my boy, Gimli, and um, just the moment of depth with Harrison Ford talking about his son. I, I, like, I was like, oh, mm. that, that's interesting mm. they're going that, and that is something I've, I don't know if they could have explored more, but it, it's obviously there's a choice that they made there with Shia LaBeouf. I feel like that choice is obviously based off stuff that's happened in real life with, with the actor, uh, yeah. perhaps, um, that made them do that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're the things really that I take away from that whole middle chapter. The rest of it, in my opinion, is a car chase going down stairs and like a bunch of stuff in that city where it just feels like a set piece from a video game I've played. Riding a horse on a subway. Yeah, mm. like yeah. there's, all, there's all these wild moments. Like they're pretty wild chases, right? Like the, yeah. the tuk-tuk through this, the narrow streets is pretty fun. Yeah. But they are just that they're a spectacle for the moment. I don't. They had no real lasting impression on me, and I think there was one too many of them too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I fully agree. I, yeah, the the James, no, it's James. The um, the Shia LaBeouf part is really interesting. Hmm. Like, because hmm. they were setting it up in Crystal Skull for him to take on the Because two thousand eight, Shia LaBeouf was hot property. He was just off Transformers. Transformers. Yeah, he was like the biggest young actor of the generation. And then, yeah. Very different to 2023 show who's gone through one or two mental breakdowns, um, some some controversies, allegations. yeah, allegations, controversies, directorial directorial efforts. Like he's had a weird sort of life, and so it's pretty safe to say, yeah, he's just not a safe safe stop to bet in. Yeah, for, especially put that bet yeah. on. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but yeah, I think so. I like the way they did it. I think it's cool having it almost as an off screen, not a big deal. Like it's not twenty minutes being like, "Where's Mutt? Why? Where, why can't we find Mutt right now?" We don't get a funeral scene or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's the trauma. It is like a motivation, motivating factor to the plot. Because the very first thing when they come, um, like right after the whole scene with the the parade and everything like that, and there's his face all in the the news and everything, and they're saying that you know this. They mention on the news that he recent like had lost his son. Yep. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay. I was like, like it's barely, like it's not like a main point, but I, you just hear it on one of the TV broadcasts, like, oh, Dr. Jones, who recently they lost their son or whatever. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. They've just written in Charlotte before, like that. And then obviously they address it on the boat later mm. um, with Antonio Bandera's dying in the background. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy that scene. I felt like that's Harrison Ford acting. And I think Harrison Ford is really good at that. Old man, like I don't know, it makes me sad. Where <laughs> I can, I can feel that. Morning, that, that morning. That's exactly what I was saying. Where that's where the strength lies. Harrison Ford mm. acting as Harris, like Harrison Ford being an actor, yep. being like I'm old and people have died, and I have to think about life now. Like that's where the power is. That's where yeah. a power where in a forty plus year old franchise lies. Like, and I, I don't even hate the opening scene that much, but I think it's the wrong direction to try to. To try to go in for that first part to be like, look how great it is having Harrison Ford back. It's like, no, no, just give me the drama. Give me Harrison Ford being like, not really wallowing in it because that's not indie, but give me that one scene where he's like, this is why, this is what I do if I could change things. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you are a, you are a human being, Fine, despite, yeah. yeah, despite being in incredible shape, you are also just a mortal. <laughs> like that's that's cool. Years and years ago, when we did our Indiana Jones podcast. I do remember like us saying, oh, they've announced a new one that's going to be coming out in a few years or it's 
in early development. And I remember freaking out that the prospect of a James Mangold Indiana Jones, I was like, we're going to get old man Logan. Like, we're going to get an, a Logan Indiana Jones. And I, I really kind of wish we kind of did more. Um, I know that's not indie, and indie is pulpy fun and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do this with 80-year-old Harrison Ford, I think just go for it. But, yeah. I'm ex- yeah, I would love to hear James Mangold sort of, like I want to see in a few years when he sort of talks about this more, hear about the process, because he is really good at that character study stuff. He's, Logan obviously is his, you know, kind of his, um, his masterpiece at this stage, but Walk the Line, really good like character exploration of who Johnny Cash was. Like he's yeah. he's got he's got a history. I was a girl interrupted as well. Again, like a sort yeah. of a, a character study. Like he's got this, that's his ballpark. He knows how to explore like characters and their complexities. So he's kind of the in a way, he's almost better suited to explore late stage indie than even Spielberg might be. Mm. And like it's no slight against Spielberg, but his his strengths lie in different versions. I also like Jason Mangold could almost do the perfect final chapter here. But um, and see, I wonder how much of it was, you know, how much creative control does he have? Yeah, 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 exactly. How much like was this script written sixteen times before he could even touch it? Could he even touch it more? I don't know. Um, he did the one scene where he talks about his son dying. <laughs> Like, no, like, yes, he <laughs> makes one addition. And it's like that saves them. Like, yeah, honestly, maybe. Um, that, yeah. I mean, maybe to be an indie film, you can't have much more than that anyway, right? Like, yeah, it's it's, it's hard to. I don't know. It's I like it's hard to imagine an indie Logie, Logan movie, right? Like, I don't know. No, and that's that interesting, goes to, but that goes to the point we we're speaking. Where Indiana Jones is kind of specific. He's not as timeless and universal as things like Star Wars or even Marvel, where there's you got this world that's so large you can have a thousand different genres and stories yeah. with what with the same characters. Indiana yeah. Jones is, is a pretty yeah, it's a pretty sort of specific thing. It's um yeah, we're not getting the Indiana Jones quiet character drama or the Indiana Jones plastic comedy. Like that, I feel like in a weird way that gets people's attention and probably does better at the box office. If you have this like dark gritty like character drama about Indiana Jones, I'll win Indiana Jones, and you like um, advertise it like that. I don't know. I feel like that catches people's attention instead of, okay, it's going to be CGI old man Harrison Ford doing fun pulpy stuff again. Yeah. I've seen that 15 years ago. But that, yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, would that do better? But then would we be – sorry, you go. No, I was, no, I was just going to say, could, could Indy be Professor X? He's, he's just seen some shit. Like he's he's seen aliens. He's seen the Ark of the Covenant be opened. He's seen his father and saved no by drinking him. from the cup of Christ. No one yeah. believes him. Crazy he's probably he might have some superpowers after all that. You never know. Yeah. I would love to sit down with him with him at a dinner party and just be like, "What was the weirdest thing you've seen?" <laughs> <laughs> aliens. The problem is, I feel like we've seen the weirdest things he's seen. Right? Like, there's five events in his life that were that weird. Everything else was very mundane. I don't know. There was a time in his history class where the, the students were cracking onto him, and he was like, "Did you, you know, did you write on your eyelids?" Yeah, they did. Why didn't they bring that back in this movie? I know it's not enough questionable romance. <laughs> uh, what um, did you think of his offsider, um, Helena, Phoebe Waller-Bridge? I'm glad you bring this up. Because we haven't spoken about her at all for the whole 39 minutes we've been speaking. That's right. We haven't. Yes. So I, I really need to mention. I'm going to mention Sala here. Sala is wasted 
They bring him in for one scene. Mm. Yeah. Luke, you say your boy. It's like they, they did him dirty. They bring him in to be yeah, like, I know. Hello, it was Indy. so exciting. I was like, he's going with him. Yes. I know. I know. And then they, they pull out. What the hell? Real bad choice. Yeah. Ah, sorry, I just need to get that before I forget. Um, yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridges. She, uh, she did not work for me at all in this. Now, no. I haven't. I have. She's obviously really well known currently for Fleabag. That was her breakout thing. Um, that I think it's a. I think it's a series. It's a series. It started originally as a play. Yeah. That that was huge. Like when that was coming out, that was you know really big thing. A lot of respect. Everyone was talking about her as this new voice in sort of um, sort of like sort of millennial comedy. So had a lot of attention. She was a hot property. She's been taken on to do like work on. She helped write the script to. Um, was it? The most recent Bond film, No Time to Die. So she's kind of been used for some of this stuff. And she's obviously meant like a funny actress because that's where she's got her fame from. I haven't seen Fleabag though, so I don't actually, I don't know if it's so I don't click with her or if I don't know what to expect. But in this movie, yeah, she didn't work at all for me. I thought she was really flat. I thought she was kind of a, yeah, her top. Yeah, felt, yeah, her timing was all off. Yeah, felt really sort of intentional for lack of a better word. I don't know. Felt that's the thing. It felt like it didn't click with me. It felt like that Marvel, hey, quip. Like he's another quip. Like mm. look at me, I'm this fun mm. adventure. Like I'm mm. the new indie or whatever. Yeah. But didn't no, none of it hit. Like none of it. None of the de- line delivery or anything like that felt like that for me. It felt forced. And I feel like this movie, if you're going to bring indie back and have this thing of like this. Have him and Sulla be like, holy shit, we're old. What are we doing? And we're in this adventure. <laughs> doing this thing and being like, oh, you're old. I'm young and hip and I'm this and that. It takes it away. It doesn't make it a fun adventure to me. It it, it makes it just really feel like, oh, look at Indies along for the ride with these these young people. But I don't know. It, it takes away from me. I didn't enjoy it. But from that aspect, yeah. Yeah. I look. I didn't mind her. I didn't have anything against her. <laughs> I do like. I think they're always going to go that dynamic of the young whippersnapper who's too too keen, or you know what I mean. Like the, the like Shia LaBeouf in yeah, which is what he was too, right? Like they're always yeah. going to go that path. Um, yeah. You know what's the story? You put the young cop with the old cop so that they they play mm. off each other. Really, like it's the same thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't dislike her, but. I'm not sure her character super worked for me. Like, I don't understand. She was too... She wanted to have her, have her cake and eat it too, right? Like, she's she's kind of the bad guy because she's selling this stuff off, but she's also got this this tragic past with her father that really yeah. should should have some impact on her but doesn't seem to. Yeah, I just didn't didn't quite click. The thing yeah. Like, it, the character didn't feel flawed as in, like, with Shia LaBeouf, he was a bit of a douchebag and he's like a greaser mm. and it's like, it's kind of taking the piss out of that character as well, you know? So it's like Indy's dealing with oh, this young tool basically as opposed to, oh, Indy's not in touch, you know? He's the one that's out of it and like as if she's the main character of this and Indy's the old person coming along instead of Indy being the main yeah. character and dealing with this sort of thing. But yeah. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Mutt in, in crystal scale, Mutt felt like he was more out of, sort of out of his depth than anyone else was. And yeah, even though he was more confident and sort of there's a clear sense of this is the next generation, he he was kind of bumbling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was sort of bumbling around into it. It was only because Indy could save him that he was able to get anywhere. Yeah, she kind of feels like she's the 
she is like she is Indiana Jones essentially. Like she's clearly being sort of courted as the next iteration. I feel, um, but yeah, like you say, she's kind of she's got this sass. She is really good fighter. She's she's basically like Indy is in Temple of Doom, where she's auctioning off artifacts and she's just in here for the money. And so there's clearly a riff of like, oh, she's in the same boat. But at the same time, she's got an empathetic backstory. She's kind of flawless. And as a result, yeah, her character just isn't, I think, compelling. But mm. I, yeah, I was really surprised how kid, lit- kid sidekick. And yeah, yeah, she's, I think she's got her own short round, who's also really yeah. crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> who's not short round. No. Mm, I yeah. think that. That to me is the clear is the clearest um, one to one is like this is Indy in Temple of Doom where he's he's a roaring capitalist and he's got his <laughs> he's got his offsider like his young kid who has his back. It's like oh yeah we yeah. see what happens he'll soon become Indy and like you know and this isn't even a whole like I'm sure there's a huge amount of people who are like oh Indy can't be a girl I Indiana Jones is one of the characters who probably can't I mean, Indiana Jones is only Harrison Ford a different character you know you could have I don't know in a Tomb Raider. Yeah, two Raider Jones. There you go. You could have that. She's fine for all that. I just think she, her character isn't very good. Like, I don't know. It just mm. really didn't, really put me off. And she's so much of this movie is spent with her trying to kind of be like, oh, look how, yeah, look how fun and great and clever she is. And like, yeah, none of it works. It's too comedic. Like, uh, just simple as that. I feel like it's, it's too Marvel. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the Marvelification is too modern Disney. Yeah. Um, are we supposed to care about um, Antonio Banderas? Like, I like, actually quite like him in this movie, but mm. I don't know. They, they set him up as like, oh, he's my old friend. He's the best diver ever. I'm like, oh, is this going to be another character that I've seen before? No, it's just... Am I, like, am I supposed to know this who he is? This is where you kill John Rhys-Davies. Yeah, Salah. 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you want us to feel for Indy's friend that's died, don't introduce a new person and pretend he's been there yeah. all along. Yeah. Well, they do this twice. They do this with Basil Shaw as well, where it's like his old friend Basil and his daughter. I'm like, the whole time I was like, who the hell is Basil? And he's not yeah. in any of the others. No. And the no, whole time... I, like, I was questioning myself. I'm like, is he? Yeah. Is he? Because no, I, like, no. I have to look it up now because there's the character. There's like his offsider in the other ones, the professor. Um, Marcus Brody. So if you remember, yes. you know, he's kind of like the one who runs the uni. He's always with him. He's a bit, he's always bumbling around. Yeah. I assumed Basil was him because I forgot the character's name. I was like, oh, yeah, it's that guy again. Yeah. But it isn't. Yeah, they're like, he's, they introduce his best friend of all time that we've never met before. We're That's supposed to have a flashback. Look at these adventures they went on. Like, yeah. I guess, yeah, sorry, you're, I forgot to, yeah, that is another big part of it. And so they do that and they're like, oh, this poor guy who he's supposed to have a connection to, which doesn't land. And then, yeah, they do it with, Antonio, like my old friend, the diver. Yeah, it's it feels like a weird choice in a movie that's obsessed with sort of ending these characters to not have the characters to not bring back Sulla properly, mm. to not bring back Short Round, to yep. not bring back Marcus. I, I, I really don't understand it. Like, sure, scheduling conflicts, whatever, but why weren't they sort of pivotal parts of the movie? Why weren't they? Like, you could have cast Toby Jones as Marcus Brody. I wouldn't have known the difference. I wouldn't have been like, that's not him. Yeah. yeah. But they don't for some reason. And, yeah, it really doesn't work to just be like, here are characters that you don't know, but you're, yeah, you're two hours to make you love them when they kill them off. It just doesn't land. It doesn't land. And, honestly, Short Round could have been recast if it hadn't have been for, like, everything everywhere all at once, right? Like 100%. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know that I would have known, but... 
Yeah, if this movie's made three years earlier, hmm. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I get. I like Antonio Banderas. He plays a great grizzled old diver. Um, I like. I actually like him in this movie. But he's good. They they introduce him as though he's someone we've cared about all along, and then kill him off like yeah. we're supposed to care about him, and it just didn't feel earned and at all. As Conan can attest to, Antonio Banderas is also in Uncharted. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's just something. He's it's just sort of the, showing up in these films now. In all these his history tomb raiding films. Yep. Um, speaking of characters, though, that we well, have questions about Boyd Holbrook. You know, he plays. The uh the two yeah. I see of Mads Mikkelsen. What's his from deal? Logan fame. From Logan fame, yeah, James Mangold's muse. What's his yeah. deal? You know, I want to know what's his like what's his backstory? Why is he following this modern day Nazi? When he's an American, it was very yeah. strange that he's like, Yeah, 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 we're going to Nazi Germany. What the heck? Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's like, is he is he supposed to be like a neo-Nazi or something? Is but he didn't seem like it. Like it wasn't like no. Yeah. I had a lot of questions about that whole dynamic. Why they're also working with um, the CIA agent? Yeah, Mason, and Mason. like she's very underused. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought nothing, like she seemed like an interesting character in the in, in the chase through the through the yeah. festival. I'm like, oh, this is kind of an interesting dynamic that they're working with the CIA, but hmm. they're clearly Nazis. What is going on here? But then they just she's Hello. just left left behind and yeah, kind of gets ignored. Meaningless from then on. Which, yeah, which is a shame. But then Mads Nicholson's really good as a. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame that he just gets used as in like in American in Hollywood. He's just constantly as, used as 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 European bad guy. Basically, yeah, as, like, as Nazi or yeah or European villain number one. Yeah. Like he's especially when you see because in all of like his native his native films, like I can't remember if he's Dutch. No, he's Danish. Sorry. Like in all of his sort of European stuff, he's like a mild mannered sort of hero figure. Yeah, and then in Western films, like this guy is evil. He is <laughs> he is the devil incarnate. He's yeah. going to replace Hitler. He's going to kill Hitler and like, be yeah. a new Hitler. It's just he it's can a fa- Hitler better than Hitler was. <laughs> he can out Hitler. It's such a weird yeah. dynamic. Yeah, it's such a strange thing that on one on one side of the sea he's like he's just the perfect everyman, and the next side of the sea he's Satan. I don't get it, but um. He's really, I think he's really good. He's a good villain. He's that classic, like, he doesn't really do much, but he's just kind of a, has a presence. He does. He does. I mean, he does, but that is exactly him in pretty much every Western film, Western media that he's a part of, yeah. almost, I feel like. Yeah. All right. Should, should Indy have stayed in the past? What's... What's our vote there? I mean, I really I don't think, thought they were going for it, eh? And I was like, I don't oh, think wow. they, they can. I don't think, I don't think that's right, but... Kill him off. I was kind of expecting either he's there and stays in the past or whatever, but I was kind of expecting this weird trip when he came back that there's going to be like a statue of him, like this famous, like he was going to be seen as this like famous, you know, prophet from the future that Archimedes wrote about. Like there's this guy and he looked like this. And I thought it was going to be this weird twist where he wakes up and looks outside and he's like this known figure like in history it's and a, i've been like indiana jones is part of history like that's 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 actually a, that is actually a cool take yeah he becomes part of history that way that would be but cool. i feel like that's like that's the opposite of what an archaeologist would want to do right like that's true yeah. going back and changing history is yeah as yeah I, it. yeah i i honestly i honestly 
I think if they committed, if they had gone committed to the story, I think it would have been better to have him stay in the past. You know, it's it's a cool sort of thematic way of he gets what he wants, where he can live in history. He because he's lost his son, he's lost his wife. He gets to finally mm. sort of have this dream, but it's not as Hollywood as he goes back and he patches up his marriage with Marianne. Yep. He gets um, his hat off the line. Yeah, like I said, he needs to get his hat, and they need to have, as you mentioned, Griner, a geriatric sex scene. You know, there's there's things that they need to do. Um, yeah. Or yeah, like you know, when he's in the plane, one of those. One of those baluster spears just goes straight through it. <laughs> that's that's the end of him. I was, when they started the time travel thing, I'm like, oh, I, I, what? We need more movies like Primer. Could Indiana Jones <laughs> have turned into Primer? How would that have worked? I don't know. Well, do you guys? Did you guys have an issue with time travel? Because obviously, Aliens was a big problem for a lot of people. Um, moving away from the judo Judeo-Christian yeah. imagery. And this doesn't I, doesn't go back into it at all. But no, I call bullshit on anybody that's annoyed about time travel in this series that we've had so far. We had the guy that was in the cave for five hundred years with the cup of Christ, and we had aliens. With like this series gets weird. Let's not forget Kalima. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kalima. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I don't have a problem. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it either. I. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. And I think it was better than the Aliens because the Aliens was very kind of anticlimactic. Um, Are you forgetting that Kate Blanchett's head exploded with knowledge? I am forgetting that. Yeah, that's climactic. Apologies. That's climactic in more ways than one tells you what. So, yes, Indy is off in the sunset. Hmm. Never to return? We'll see. Question mark. I don't think he's coming back. Uh, where do we rate this in the rest of the series? So our, our agreed upon rating last time was the best film was Raiders of the Lost Ark, then Last Crusade, then Crystal Skull, then Temple of Doom. Oh, we had? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We had Crystal Skull over Temple I'm, of Doom. I'm sure that's what we did as our official rating. Yeah, I really don't like Temple of Doom, so I feel like that's what I would have staked my claim on rather than... No, and I agreed. I agreed. Good, good, good. I think we, I think we outvoted Luke actually for that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's number three. I, I like this movie better than Crystal Skull, so that's where it has to sit. Okay. Wow. Okay. I really, yeah, I really wanted to do a rewatch of three and four, um, mm. Skull and Crusade and Skull, because in my mind, I think I remember. I wanted to say Crusade was probably the best because I have a real sentimental attachment to it, but I think I think Crusade's dope. It's a great film. It's so good. But that and Raiders are almost but, like. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is. So no, this is this is exactly what happened. I think. <laughs> yeah. We were both like Crusade's amazing. You're like, but Raiders is Raiders, and I can't argue with that. Like Raiders is more important objectively. But Sean Connery. That's the thing. <laughs> and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford meeting Hitler. So We've like, been oh. shot. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so rather than rehash, I think, yeah, Raiders would be number one, Crusade two. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably, I, no, I really don't know. I would probably still say Crystal Skull three. I just, I think that movie gets so much flack when it doesn't deserve it. Think about the monkeys. It's too, think about the DA. No, the de-aging doesn't look as terrible as the monkeys. No, it's right. not. It's I, not as bad as the monkeys. I, I have this probably below... All of them. 
Really? Maybe. Really? Maybe. Uh, it's been like I'd have to probably watch Temple of Doom and see why I disliked it so much. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. But um, here's the thing. I like the end and I like the start. In the middle is quite forgettable for me um, to the point where like we watched it a week ago and I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <it's a> <laughs> Other than of... in the cars chasing. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, I'd... Yeah, I'll put it last, maybe. I still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed it. It's Indiana Jones. It's what I was expecting it to be. I'd probably have it last at this current stage. No, it's definitely better than Temple of Doom. Sorry, Temple of Doom. Man, Temple of Doom sucks. Forward, man. He's a, he is a man in that film, man. He's, <laughs> he's got the sleeves cut off. He's got the... the like, yeah, I mean, but you got, you've got his body in this movie too. You know, that don't... is true. I forgot about that scene. So this is definitely better than Temple of Doom. This is this is actually number one. For his I mean, he's just in boxes. He's like he's he's showing a lot in this movie, really. Actually, you know what? I do not just that. That's not just winning me over alone. But that's the thing. I do remember. Like I've forgotten my hatred for Temple of Doom, but I do kind of remember being like, oh man, that is really not as good as the rest of them. So this, yeah. I'll put it at four for now. I'll put it at four above Temple of Doom. But not above Crystal Skull because I like aliens. And that was a cool twist. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Griner. This is number four. And Shia LaBeouf over. No, we see. We've changed, we changed the format of the podcast, right? Where we don't have to all agree. We can all have our own ratings. Uh-huh. We've, we've uh-huh. grown a lot in the last two and a half years. We've grown <laughs> a lot. Oh, that's good, I guess. All right. We well, that was. Men as well with eight packs. That was possibly the last Indiana Jones f- film podcast we will ever do. Um, yes. For the next 10 years at least. Unless they reboot it somehow or something like that. Maybe the last time we cover Indiana Jones. Thank you for joining us for our Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny podcast. Next week we are doing Oppenheimer and maybe Barbie. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. The greatest double feature in the Barbie history Heimer. of mankind. I love the idea of it as a double feature. It may be difficult for us to get to. I think we're definitely doing Oppenheimer though, right? That's the plan? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah. All right, just because we want you to talk IMAX. about it. I mean, it's a Nolan film. Yes. We can't, we can't not We've say Nolan We've already done the film. Nolan trilogy, so... <laughs> is this, the, would this be the fourth in the Nolan trilogy? It is. Tune in, tune in to find out. <laughs> tune in to find out. <laughs> Space and time and atomic bombs. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all, it's all related. I mean, Einstein's here. Yeah, physics. He's, he's the one that brought Einstein, it all together. Einstein. He's finally here in the NCU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by The Taste of Iron by one Conan Clark. It's a great book. There Pick it, it up on Amazon. Uh, contact us. Uh, leave us a rating on Spotify or iTunes. Tell your friends about us and we'll catch you next time. Peace. In Indiana. We called the dog Indy. <laughs> <laughs>